So, I'm sorry I ordered you a salad. Yeah, that was really rude. I know. It's because you're Egyptian and all. What does that even mean? Oh yeah, go get that. Hey, Maria. Hey, Tessa. How are you? Good, how are you? How was your week? Amazing, I have some news for you. Oh, tell me. I met a guy. What? <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's tall, dark, handsome, the works. Do I know him? No, but he's amazing. Courteous, chivalrous. Yeah? yeah? Wait, does he go to STSA? No, but he's polite and sweet, you know, just... Is, is he spiritual? No, he's intelligent and a great guy and, mm -hmm. and genuine about everything. And didn't Jesus say something like, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere about it. I don't think Jesus ever said that. I'm all that and I love Jesus. everyone good morning and welcome to the finale here in the things Jesus never said series and as we've been talking about here as Katie talked about at the beginning what we have been talking about for the past several weeks is that all the stuff that we were taught growing up found out isn't true all the stuff that we always thought Jesus said and all the stuff that we always thought was in the Bible all thought that we the stuff that we based so much of our lives around we discovered Jesus never actually said it and for those who were here from the start we talked out in week one about how Jesus never said, follow me and I will give you the desires of your heart. Totally made that one up. It sounds nice. sounds like a great book title, but it's just not simply, simply it's not true. We looked at how the one that we all for sure, we were sure this one was right, that God will never give us more than we can handle. But we found out that he never said that either. We looked at how we, we all seen that picture of Jesus says, when I forgive, I forget. And we always thought that in order for us to truly forgive, we have to forget. We realized Jesus never said that. And then last week, we looked at the cliche of all cliches, which is everything happens for a reason. And we said that while Jesus never said it, it's kind of true, okay? But not true in necessarily the way that we think it's true. We always, mean it to, we always mean it to say that Jesus always had a reason, God had a reason for doing something, but sometimes the reason is simply we made a poor choice, all right? If you missed any of those, you go to our website, our new website, stsa.church, and you can catch up on everything we talked about we're wrapping up the series here today with what I think of all the things Jesus never said is probably the one that gets him the most upset. Today we're going to talk about it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, which for sure he never said. And in fact, this one, he in fact said the exact opposite. And it was one of his strongest and most clear statements that in fact it absolutely matters what you believe regardless how sincere you may be. And I'm going to jump right in here, no intro, and I'm going to jump in with our key thought here for today and then spend the rest of the time explaining this and understanding this. That it isn't enough to believe if what I believe in isn't the truth. It isn't enough to believe if the thing that I choose to believe in isn't the truth. You can look at belief, I'll give several analogies here today, but you can look at belief like an airplane or a car or a vehicle to get you from point A to point B. It isn't enough to just believe in an airplane. If the airplane doesn't fly, it's of no value to me. It isn't enough to believe that it'll get me from point A to point B if it doesn't actually have tires, it doesn't actually have a motor, doesn't actually have gas inside it, if it's not actually a car, if it's just a toy. It isn't enough to believe unless what I believe in is actually the truth. This statement, I go outside and I say this on the street, this can get me killed. 
this can get me thrown in jail. Because it's the exact opposite of what everyone in the world teaches today. Because what culture and the world teaches us today, and I'm not against the world, I'm not against culture, like I'm of the culture and I live in the world, so I'm not against it, but we have to be discerning and know what parts of culture are hindering us and what parts that we can, you know, integrate with. We have to be discerning. We're not against culture or, or pro-culture. Everything out there says that as long as you're sincere, as long as you really believe it, that, hey, what's true for you is true for you, even if it's not true for anybody else. And all beliefs are equal, and we have to tolerate, and we have to accept, and I'm not against tolerance, and I'm not against acceptance, but what I am against is the idea that truth isn't truth. You say that in a positive way. What I am for, I'm for tolerance, I'm for acceptance, but I'm also for truth. And truth is truth, and if it ain't true, it ain't true, no matter how much you want to make it true. True story. Back in college, there was a girl who I went to school with who was Christian, at least in name, but when I tell you what she believed, I don't know how she called herself Christian, but she says she's Christian. Okay. I'm not insulting her or anyone. I'm just telling a story. She believed in reincarnation. Okay, some people believe in reincarnation. That's fine, not the end of the world. But we were having this discussion one time, and she explained how she believes in reincarnation. And she said that she believes in a sincere life. She very, in, in, in a previous life, she very sincerely believed in a previous life. She was a tree in France. Okay, you were a tree in France. How did you know that you were a tree in France? Her logic was very simple. She loved France and she loved trees. So therefore, it must be that in a previous life, she was in France as a tree. Because why else would she love trees and love France? So one of my buddies said, oh, I must have been a blonde sorority girl in the previous life then or something like that. <laughs> she sincerely believed that. Now, what I'm about to say, I don't remember if I actually said this or I definitely thought it. I think I said it, but I don't remember if I said it. I was kind of a naughty boy. And I said, she were like, we're discussing this. So I was saying, if that's what it is, so you were a tree in France. And she's like, yeah, what do you think you were? I said, oh, you were a tree in France. Yeah, I remember you. I was a dog in France. <laughs> Again, I don't remember if I actually said it. For sure, I thought it. Okay? And I give myself credit for saying it if I, I don't know if I did that. I'm not judging this girl. She's a great girl. She's a friend of mine. But either it's true that she was a tree in France, or it's not true that she was a tree in France. Like, either that's a true statement, or that's a false statement. And if she believes it's true, doesn't make it true. And if I believe it's false, doesn't make it false. There has to be a truth about that statement, regardless of how sincere your belief is. Again, I'm not judging you or anybody, regardless of how sincere belief is. If it isn't true, it isn't true. If it was enough to be true, just sincerity of belief. Let me tell you about some of the things that I believe in. Okay, people tell me I'm wrong, but I'll tell you what I believe in. I believe in, number one, that ice cream is a great source of calcium. And if it's strawberry ice cream, it's a great source of fruit and vitamins as well. I believe that there isn't any ailment or injury in this world that cold water cannot solve. No matter what it may be, you put some cold ice water and it solves it. I believe that when I watch an event, a sporting event on DVR the next day, that it doesn't actually happen until I watch it. That's what I believe. And the last one, which I'm sure many of you believe as well, is that when I'm standing in front of the elevator and I push the button more times, it comes faster. And when I'm at the traffic light, if I inch forward, it turns green faster. You believe that too, don't you? The world says today that whatever you believe must be true. And your belief is just as valid as my belief, is just as valid as anybody else's belief, 
and no one has a right to judge anyone else's belief. Well, I will say the exact opposite today. I will say the more sincerely you believe a lie, the more you will hurt yourself. If I sincerely believe I can fly off, off the roof, then the more I believe it, the more sincere I am, the more I will cause pain and suffering in my own life. And then again, not everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason that I believed a lie in that situation. Why? Because it isn't enough to believe if what I believe in isn't the truth. Did Jesus address this? Absolutely, he addressed this. And one of his boldest, most offensive, I'll put in quotes, intolerant, like of all the statements that Jesus said, this is one of the ones that people hated the most. And in fact, this is one of the reasons that ultimately he was killed because he didn't budge on this statement. It's a famous statement from John chapter 14, verse 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I was okay with like, I am a way, a truth, and I help you find life. I could massage the first half by changing the article from a definite to indefinite. Like, I, I can massage the first half, and I can say it's a translation thing. But that second half, like, that is so un-PC. That is so un-2016 that no one comes to the Father except through me. That's kind of arrogant. That's kind of snobbish, isn't it? It's kind of offensive. It's kind of intolerant. When Jesus said this, was Jesus trying to be arrogant? Was Jesus trying to be intolerant? Was Jesus trying to offend people? Or was he simply saying the truth? And since when did the truth become offensive? See, here's the thing about Jesus. If you go outside in the world today and you say, I believe in God, you're okay. And you say, I'm spiritual, you're good. Religious, great, even church, no problem. All those things, you're fine. You go and say, I have belief in a higher power, eternity, afterlife. You're fine. No one will say anything. And then you say, I believe in Jesus. And that all of a sudden. And then especially if you go as far as to say that I believe that no one comes to the Father, no one can reach God except through Christ. Then all of a sudden, people hate your guts. Here's the thing about Jesus. The majority of people, majority of people outside of Christianity, don't hate Jesus as a person and don't hate Jesus' teachings. You know the people who hate Jesus' teachings? We do. Because we have to abide by them. But the people out there don't hate his teachings. Who hates love? Who hates forgive? Who hates kindness? Who hates those things? People out there love his teachings. People out there love him as a person, the way he lived. It's just this one sentence. If you could erase this one sentence, then people would say, we got no problem with a man who preaches forgiveness and love and kindness. But this exclusivity thing... It's not how it works in 2016. And it sounds like it's kind of offensive. Well, I don't think, like I said, that Jesus was trying to be offensive. I don't think he was trying to offend anyone. I think he was trying to help people. I don't think he was saying this out of rudeness. I think he was saying it out of compassion and love. Because when I stand here in front of you right now, and I say, hey, come visit STSA, best church in the whole wide world, come visit. They say, okay, how do I come? I say, you got to come to Arlington, Virginia. You say, Father Anthony, that's very offensive. I say, why? Say, because why is Arlington any better than, 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 than Alexandria? Why is Arlington any better than Rockville or Silver Spring, wherever it may be? Look, I'm not against Silver Spring. I'm not against Rockville. All those are great cities. But if you want to come to this church, you've got to come to Arlington. And if you sit here and say, no, I refuse to accept that the only way to STSA is to come to Arlington, then you are never going to show up at STSA. Because the bottom line is, we're in Arlington. We're on Fairfax Drive. 
And if you're not willing to accept that we only exist in one place on Fairfax Drive, you're never going to end up being here. Said another way, Jesus' followers, the disciples, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, said this, speaking about Christ, okay, and referencing the Old Testament. This Christ, who is the stone which was rejected by you builders, has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation. Again, this is an offensive, exclusive statement that we don't like. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Why is it that this kind of statement upsets so many people? Why is it that we can accept everything Jesus said about love and forgive and honor your father and mother and love as brothers, but we can't accept this one? That there's no salvation in any other name other than his name. Why does it bother people so much and upset people? Well, I think it hits at the root of one of the great myths that we love to perpetuate. A myth that if you go out there, the people, the majority of our country believes in this myth inside and outside the church. And because we don't want to change our belief in this myth, that's why we struggle with the statement. And the myth is this. All religions are basically the same. They say, hey, wait a minute. We would never say that. Okay, we would never say that. First of all, many people out there would say that. And the majority of the world would say that. We may never say it, but oftentimes we think it. All religions are basically the same. Like, I know there's some minor differences, but come on. It's like tomato and tomato. Right? You say it this way, I say it this way. You pray this direction, I pray this direction. You say Jesus, I say Allah. Like, what's the big deal? Can't we all, Rodney King, can't we all just get along? Like, can't we all just be brothers? And that's why what we celebrate in this country, again, don't anybody think I'm saying against tolerance? Don't anybody think I'm saying against all that stuff? I'm all for respect and tolerance and love. Absolutely. But not at the expense of truth. This is feel-good theology. And you know why we like this? You know why this makes us feel good? Because this basically tells us, believe whatever you want to believe, whatever suits you, whatever suits you even not in life, what today. What suits you today, what you like today, all religions are pretty much the same. All religions are pretty much the same. It's all different paths up the same mountain, right? We've heard that before, right? God at the top, some people call him Allah, some people call him Jehovah, some people call him Jesus, some people call him, what? some people call him, like, everyone call him whatever you want. It's all paths up the same mountain. Just the other day, and again, I'm not taking shots at anyone. I'm just, just saying facts here. Muhammad Ali, funeral. I don't know if anyone saw it on Friday. Okay, I wasn't intending to watch it, but I went. It was on ESPN all day, so you couldn't get away from it. Okay, so it was, I went to watch my normal sports programming. Okay, and there it was, right there. But Muhammad Ali was Muslim. Okay, that's he was Muslim. What kind of funeral did he have? Did he have a Muslim funeral? Well, he's Muslim, so therefore he had a Muslim funeral. But many people who loved him weren't all Muslim. So they said some people love him are Christian. So let's make it a mix. And some people loved him were Jewish. In fact, one of the speakers, Billy Crystal, spoke. He was Jewish. So let's add a rabbi in there. And it was an interfaith funeral. And again, I'm not saying nothing. Like I wasn't around Muhammad Ali time. I'm sure he was the greatest. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm not against Muhammad Ali. I'm not against whatever. But this idea that we celebrate, which is, well, we're Muslim, but we don't want to offend the Christians, so bring the Christians in, but we don't want to offend the Jews, so bring the Jews in, and let's just kind of all put our smorgasbord together, and then everyone's happy, and all because they're all pretty much the same anyway. i give you another. Someone, I won't mention the name, I went, me and my wife went to a wedding 
probably a year or two ago, whenever it was. And it was one of these interfaith weddings. It was someone that, uh, uh, someone who she worked with, okay? And I guess the guy was coming from like a Catholic background and she's coming from like a Hindu background. So what do you do when you have Catholic, fa Catholic family and Hindu family? What do you do? Yeah, you mix them both together. You make a cocktail. So basically, we went in, okay, and we, we got there and everything was like set up. I think the Catholic one was the first, right? Yeah, I went there and everyone, it was just like a, like a Catholic wedding and it was the guy and he performed the thing and do you and I do and kiss the bride and all this kind of stuff. We said, okay, great. Head and ready, head for dinner. And they said, no, 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 have a seat. They go out, they, they change the scenery, they come back and it's a Hindu wedding. And it's like everything is completely changed. And now it's like different rituals, which I had never seen before. And it was like, you know, that's fine. But here's the part that bothered me. It was the same guy doing both weddings. It was the same guy. It was the same guy. And he came to me afterward and said, what are you? So I told him I'm Orthodox. He said, oh, you know, I would love to learn more about Orthodox weddings. I'm like, of course you would. Because you want more business. That guy made me sick. I didn't want to have him near me. Like I was faking a cough or something. I got to get him away from me. Because he made a joke out of something I consider very sacred. He was just doing it for a business. If I can learn a Catholic way, if I can learn a Hindu way, if I can learn an Orthodox way, if I What is that? That's basically all religions are basically the same. And that's what the world, I don't even want to say what the world believes. It pains me to say the world celebrates that. The world doesn't believe that. The world celebrates that. And that's what we're trained from a very young age. And that's why when Jesus comes and says, uh-uh, guys, there's no way to the Father except me. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the, I'm the life, and there's nothing outside of me. We cringe a little bit. Are all religions basically the same? Are all religions basically the same? Can you just kind of close your eyes and just pick one and just be super sincere in it? Again, I'm not saying anything about a particular one, but I'll just give you a sampling. Buddhists, for example, Buddhism is a big religion. They believe there's no God. They believe there's no final existence. Everything is reincarnation. So who you are today may be someone different tomorrow. They believe that the world is constantly reincarnate, reincarnate, reincarnate. No God. Hindu, next door neighbors to them, believe not that there is no God, believe that everyone is God. Anything can be a God. Any, an animal can be a God. This can be a God. This can be, anyone can be a God. So are those two the same? I'm not saying right or wrong, but are they the same? Islam believes neither of those, believes there's one God. Believes it's very far away. It's kind of an unrelatable kind of a God. Jewish, who they share off in the same land, believe in that also there's a one God, but he's very personal and he's very relatable only to a specific small group of people. And outside of that, you got nothing. Are all those the same? They couldn't sound any more different to me. I didn't even bring in the whole new age nonsense of the world today where basically worship yourself or worship whatever it is you want and make your own God. I didn't even bring in that nonsense. I didn't even bring in the fact, like, are all those the same? No. I didn't bring in Christianity. Is Christianity the same as any of those? How about within Christianity? There are more than 20,000 denominations. Are we all the same? Some of them say, like for example, in Christianity, some say baptism is super important. Some people say, no, baptism is not a big deal. Are they the same? Some people say you have to have this thing called priest. Some say we don't call nobody priest. Some people say that, that our purpose on this earth is to sell everything we have and live as poor. Church right next door say our purpose in life is to get rich and prosper. Are we all the same? I didn't say right or wrong. Don't nobody take anything I'm saying. I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong. I'm saying, are they the same? A logical person would see that they're not the same. So therefore, all religions are not basically the same. So I come back to our key thought that believing isn't enough unless what I'm believing in is the truth. 
believing in the wrong thing and spending your whole life pursuing it. It's like spending your whole life climbing a ladder, climbing a ladder, climbing a ladder, climbing a ladder, then getting to the top and realizing it was on the wrong building. And that's how, unfortunately, believing the wrong thing is. Working to climb, climb, and climb, and climb, and climb. They get to the top and say, I was supposed to be on that building over there. Believing is not enough unless what we're believing in is the truth. Based on that, two thoughts. Okay, two thoughts just based on, on what I just said. All religions are not the same. Number one, all religions are not the same. Christianity is not about religion. Christianity is about relationship. Christianity is not about religion. I don't even like to call Christianity a religion, and I'll explain why in a second. Christianity is not about religion. Christianity is about relationship. Why? What is religion? Religion is man's best effort to reach God. It is, I'm man, there's God. If I fast this and pray this and give this and read this, I can reach God. And different religions have a different set of criteria. Do, this is your to-do list to get to God one day. Religion is all about you're at zero, God is at 100, you climb the ladder to get to God. From zero to 100. Man trying to reach God. Christianity is not religion. Christianity is relationship. It's not about man reaching God. It's about God reaching man. And it's not about man climbing a ladder to get to God. It's about God climbing down a ladder to come to man. It's not me building a bridge up. It's God building a bridge down. And by his building a bridge down to me and him doing all the work, now I can unite with God and be one with God. Religion is about what I do. Relationship is about what he has done and what he will continue to do if I continue to obey and walk with him. John chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus said this, another offensive statement. And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. How rude, how offensive. If I go out there and say, if you don't believe what I'm teaching, then you're going to die and you're going to go to a hot place for eternity. That's offensive. Okay, let me look at it a different way. If you go to a doctor and that doctor says to you, you have a heart condition and your heart is going to explode in three days. Boom, explode come out all the orifices in your body. Some of your nose, your ear, like your heart is going to explode. It's a new condition, explosive heartness. The only solution to this problem is you must go see this one specialist. He's the only person that can solve it. No, I think that's very exclusive. What makes him so special? He's the only one who has the cure. No, I think that I have the cure. I think that like I said earlier, cold water will solve it. Because that's what my football coach taught me in second grade. Cold water on anything solves it. Doctors say, okay, sir, that's great. It's time to solve it. I think if I, I, think if I eat enough uh, 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 donuts, the jelly inside, then it'll solve whatever's in here. No, sir, that doesn't work. I think if I rest, I think if, okay, sir, that's great. But this is the only way to solve the problem. And if you don't listen to me, I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you you're bad. I'm telling you your heart is going to explode. Would anyone accuse this man, if he goes to the specialist, of being exclusive? 
Would you say to this man, if he listened to the doctor, would you say you're being exclusive? Would you say you're being offensive, intolerant, unaccepting? Or would you say you are acting in line with the facts that are in front of you? When Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins, he's not saying it as a condemning. He's saying it as a fact. He's saying that here's the solution, and if you're not in here, there's no solution because that's the only solution that exists. Well, as human beings, we have an illness, and it's called sin. We know this to be true. Okay, Emmanuel spoke about it earlier this morning, that the world that we live in today is broken. The world we live in is broken. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look outside at the world and see that things are broken. Marriage, as exists in the world today, is broken. Relationships are broken. People going into school with weapons is a broken world. Earthquakes, torn, like all the stuff that exists. I don't even want to say, I was telling them yesterday, that, you know, like, uh, there was a, did anyone read about, hear about the shooting in Annandale? You don't hear about that. Okay, there was a shooting this past week in Annandale. Do you know where I live? Annandale. It was right down the street. And for a while, it turned out it wasn't that big a deal. I mean, it was a big deal. It was a shooting. But I mean, when, when, when the police called, they called all the houses and said, don't leave the house. There's a shooter out on the loose. That's what we were told. Are you telling me we don't live in a, in a world that's broken? Don't leave the house? Because there's someone outside who shot two people and he's out on the loose? Don't believe the world is broken? People go and, and, and you know what it turned out to be? Go read it on, on the internet. You know what it turned out to be? It turned out to be it wasn't a shooter on the loose. It wasn't a random thing. It was a man went into his own home, a 67-year-old man, his own home, shot his son-in-law and his daughter in front of their children and his, and his wife. You tell me the world isn't broken? Man, the world is broken. And this is a sad thing, but this is, this is, if this was the only thing, okay, we say he's messed up, but I say the world we live in is broken. The world is broken. We have a disease called sin, and the only cure for sin, why sin is, is fatal? Because sin, in that first verse, said Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the life, okay? Life is only in God. And when man sinned, there was a disconnect between man and God, and man was cut off from life. So life is here, and man is here. So man cannot live without life. Like life, he's the source of life, and there was now a disconnect. So what God had to do was send his son down to this earth, take our flesh, live here, and connect life down here with man. So now man can have life. But if there is no Christ coming, there's no life. And if there's no me being one with him, then I cut myself off from that life. This isn't preaching. I'm not preaching. This isn't, this isn't editorial. This isn't opinion. This is medicine. This is fact. This is life and this is death. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. It says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is, how are you going to read this and say, all religions are the same? How are you going to read and say, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere? It's very simple. He who drinks this medicine will be cured. He who does not will not be cured. He who goes to Jesus and has him has life. He who does not, does not have life. It's not preaching. It's fact. So number one, what I would say, all religions are not the same. Christianity is not religion. Christianity is relationship. That part, my guess is most of us in this room, we're okay with that. But now let me offend the rest of the people who weren't offended by the first one. Second one might be a little bit offensive, but stick with me. Y'all know my heart. I'm not saying in a judgmental way. Stick with me. Let me explain, then be offended by the end. I would say, not only are not all religions the same, I would say not all churches are made equal. And I'm speaking specifically about within Christianity right now. I kind of said about how not all religions are the same. Christianity preaches something and no other religion preaches. 
And I'm going to say within Christianity, not all churches are the same. All right. And I know right off the bat, there we go, closed-minded, offensive. We need love. We need unity. We need acceptance. I'm all for those things. I'm all about love. I'm all about unity. I'm all about acceptance. I'm not criticizing anyone, any church, any denomination, any nothing. I am not sitting here and saying that my church is perfect. My church has problems, just like every church has problems. I'm not saying that. What I'm trying to say is that we live in a world today where it is very easy for anyone to use any of these two adjectives or nouns to describe themselves. Christian and church. Anyone can call themselves Christian. Anyone can call themselves a church. And what I'm saying is not all Christians who call themselves Christians believe the same thing. And not all people who say church is saying the same thing. I know that's offensive, but stick with me. Throw tomatoes at the end. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. See, he makes a distinction between saying, some people will say Lord, and some people will believe and sincerely believe that he is Lord. But there's more than sincere belief. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? That's the religion. Have we not done this in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What Jesus is saying right there, is there going to come a time where many people are going to say, but Lord, I climbed the ladder. And I did, and I was faithful in climbing the ladder. He's going to say, yeah, but it was the wrong building. And you believe very sincerely in something that wasn't true. Am I talking about a specific church? Am I talking about a specific denomination? Am I talking about any? I'm not talking about any of that stuff. That's why I'm not going to give any examples here because you try to trip me and get any examples. What I'm saying in the United States of America that we live in, anyone can go to the internet, and I don't even need to go to the courthouse, and say, I am a church, and register as a church, and make themselves the president of the board, and make themselves the pastor, whatever it may be. Anyone can. So my point is simply this. You cannot trust because anyone says, I am a church, that that means that they're preaching the same thing. That's my point. And I'm not knocking anyone in particular, and I'm not giving any examples. You're not going to get me to give any examples. My point is, in this country, did you know there's a church of Satan? Did you know that? Because in this country, anyone can be a church, and you get nonprofit status just by saying I'm a church. So what I'm saying simply is not all churches are made equal. Not anyone who puts the word church in front of their name, not anyone who puts the word Christian in front of their name is the same. We have to be discerning. We have to be discerning to find the truth. To not just believe, but to make sure that what we believe in stands the test of time, and is proven to be effective. If I go to a hospital today, and I'm in critical condition, and someone sees me in the hallway and says, you know what, I have an opinion on what you should do. And then another person, janitor walk by, I have an opinion on what you should do. And another person at the front desk say, I have an opinion on what you should do. What are you going to say to those people? Say, hey people, I don't need opinions. I'm in critical condition. I need the expert. I need to know what's true and what's not true. I don't need opinions. If I am, example I always give, if I'm going to go buy a new phone, I would like your opinion on the new phone. If I'm buying a new car, maybe I'll take a couple of people's opinion. If I'm talking about eternal matters, I don't need opinions. I don't need opinions. I need tried and true. I don't need anyone walking down the hall giving me his opinion and say, well, I think it's this. And that doctor will tell you that, but don't listen to the doctor. I know what I'm doing. I've been here 15 minutes. I trust me. I don't need opinions when it comes to eternal matters of life and death. I need solutions that are tried and true. And that leads me to a series that we're starting next week. And it is based on our, I shouldn't say the series is based on our logo, the logo is based on the series kind of a thing, which is based on our new 
tagline here at STSA. Our new tagline, the one thing that I want everyone to be stuck in everyone's mind as who we are as a church. And our new tagline, new logos right there up on the screen, which is we are bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. That's the name of the series we're going to start next week. And the whole point of it is to explore what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? To explore what did Jesus mean when he taught what it meant to be a disciple of his? I know, again, there are many opinions and many people will tell you different things. That's great, not judging anyone. But what we want to do is we want to go back to what did Jesus really teach and what did his disciples teach and what does the church that Jesus taught look like? Jesus cared very much for the church. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 20 that he shed his blood for the church. He said he purchased the church at the price of his own blood. And if he purchased the church at the price of his own blood, then I would say it is worthy for us to invest a few weeks to discover what that true church should look like. And not just what serves my purpose and not just what makes me happy, but we are going to go in this series, we spend five weeks, and we are going to see that church and we're going to look at our church here today. And we're going to see, is it matching or not? We're going to see, what did Jesus really teach about certain subjects? And we're going to see, what did the followers of Jesus really believe about certain subjects? And we're going to address a lot of things that maybe we have misconceptions on. A lot of things that we never knew really how to answer. A lot of things that a lot of us question about the church we don't know. And I'm going to invite you not to agree with me. I'm not telling you to agree with me. I'm coming. I'm telling you to come and listen to me. Let me make my case and make your own decision. Let me make the case. Like, I don't think uh, you're sitting there right now and say, wait, it's friends and family day and you're going to try to pressure. I'm not pressure anyone. I'm going to say this at the front. I'll say it at the start of every week. I don't want anyone to believe just because I said it. I don't want that responsibility on me that you believe because of my sake. No, I'm going to present to you the case in front of you and you make your own decision. But I'll just tell you this, is we have to be discerning. And we can't just accept the same way, the same way that I said be discerning and what other people are telling you, be discerning what I'm telling you. Don't just listen to me. Be discerning and see if it's true or if it's not true. This is important because if Jesus, the analogy that I gave earlier, is the specialist, if he is the doctor who cures all, the hospital in which he practices is the church. So the only way to get to the doctor is to go walk inside that hospital and be part of that hospital. And what we're going to look at starting next week, like I said, what does it mean to be the church? I say there's lots of false doctors out there. I say there's lots of false hospitals out there. And again, I'm not cutting down anybody's church or saying anything about anything. But what I'm saying is we have to be discerning. Church is, last analogy, church is, you know when you get on an airplane, buy a ticket to go to uh, uh, Buffalo, New York. Buy a ticket to go to Buffalo, New York. I need, buy a ticket to go to Buffalo, New York, Lady tells me, get right here on this plane. I get on that plane. What do I do when I'm on that plane? I sit and I don't do nothing. And I trust that when that door opens, two hours, three hours later, I will be in Buffalo, New York. I'm not looking out the window saying, oh, no, he did that. He's supposed to go left. I'm not. Why? I'm not. I trust that I'm in. I don't want to be in an airplane the whole time wondering, what's the pilot doing? I need to be in a plane that I know, get in D.C., and get off in Buffalo. Church is the airplane. And you need to make sure you are part of a church, you are connected to a church, that you know that it's not the pilot, he just showed up yesterday and he's learning on the fly. And, and, and that he may end up in Buffalo, he may end up in Cleveland, may decide to go to Alaska, like, hey, you need to know that when you are in a church, 
and I'm jumping into church and I'm not, I am trusting. The pilot says, everybody sit down and buckle up. I say, yes, sir, because I trust the pilot. And I know that this pilot's going to get me where I need to go. That's the picture of the church that we need to get to. Like I said, we start next week, look at it. What does it mean to bring an ancient faith to a modern world? We realize here today that believing, no matter how sincere our belief may be, if we're not believing in the right thing, it's of no value to us. Okay? Let's stand together and say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us here this day and reminding us again of the gift that you gave to us of life by sending your Son into this world that we, as unworthy as we are, that we would be given life and a chance to live with you forever. Pray, Lord, that you would help us, that give us discerning hearts and minds to be able to, to see your truth clearly. And we pray, Lord, for the world that we live in, that you would bring your healing touch through us, through your church, through everyone out there who is, is, is carrying your name, that you would bring to the world the healing that we so desperately need. Bring healing into our hearts, our minds, our homes, our families, our relationships, our workplaces. Let your healing touch, Lord, be in our lives and be evident in, in everything that we do. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. The prayers of all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory for every man.